What's up, podcast? This is Matt Shalava, and you're listening to the Road to Freedom pod. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Matt Shalava, and it is Sunday night, so I'm just wrapping things up for the night, and I'm just recording this podcast, kind of to recap my day, hopefully give you guys a little bit of info as to what I've been doing reselling-wise, and maybe give you a little bit of help with what you're doing and help you out a little bit with it. I mean, that's really the point of this whole thing, and I love it. I love it when people know that I have a podcast and they ask me, do you still do that thing? Because it's something that I'm I'm very dedicated to making sure I put one out every day um, and, and just getting things out there, getting little pieces of information that I pick up throughout the day out there for people to hopefully help you guys out. I mean, that's really what this is about. And so... Today's been a pretty solid day, not a ton of sales, which is kind of a bummer, but that's to be expected when you're not listing daily. And I've talked about it before, but if you're listing on a more frequent basis, you're going to get more sales coming in. And and I see a lot of new sellers asking, hey, I have only a few items in my shop. What do I do? And there's not really a ton of things you can do about that. I mean, you're just starting out. Maybe you're trying to run on low capital. Maybe you're trying to build yourself up something. And, and all I can say about that is do not get discouraged because you don't have a ton of sales right away. I've said it plenty of times, and, and maybe I'm I was pretty bad at this starting out, but I ran for three, four months in the negative, just buying things for my eBay business and getting things sold. And then as soon as I'd sell something, I just go buy more stuff. And I ran in the negative for a while just because I was trying to test things out and learn things. And don't be discouraged by that. You don't know what you're doing until you know what you're doing. And so you need to learn some way. And if you feel like, hey, I'm not making any money, well, you may not be, but that's part of the cost of learning something new. When you went to college or when you went to high school or when you started a new job or anything, you started doing something that was completely foreign to you and you probably, you probably weren't very good at it. There's very few things in life you come across that you're natural at and those sorts of things you want to hammer hard. But whenever you're starting something new that you're not a natural at, you're probably pretty bad at it. And and that's what I found for this for myself. But I realized as I saw people that were successful on Instagram, I saw people that were successful with it on Twitter that chances are most of them weren't lying because it'd be a ton of people to just start lying about reselling. And and secondly, they all started from zero as well. And so that's kind of something that pushes me and helps me kind of keep this thing going. So hopefully if you're starting out, that can be something that encourages you. Do not give up on this. I mean, give it seriously, seriously give it a year and then see where you're at. I would be very shocked if you're not able to pull in at least a few hundred dollars a month doing very minimal work after a year. I'm just doing this consistently. It's it's really something that you can really learn and rev up once you start to really understand the way that eBay or Mercari or Poshmark works, the way shipping works, the way you like to source items, the items you like to sell, the items that you know a little bit better just because of maybe things you did growing up or things that you do at your workplace. Some people are mechanics. They can go source auto parts all day. I have no idea what an auto part would sell for if you handed me one. I don't even know how to figure out what it is. Uh, I can't sell things that are hunting equipment because I haven't learned that niche yet. There's just, and that's, that's all part of learning new things. And then, but you know, if you know all that kind of stuff, sometimes you're more apt to sell that kind of stuff. So that's just something that I like to do. I know shoes a little bit better. So I like to source shoes. I like to look for shoes that are being released and that kind of a thing, but find your thing that you like and, and really push that because that's really something that can push you farther in this and, and maybe make it a little less difficult for you getting started. But yeah, today's been good. So I went to church today. I was able to see some family there, which is good. And then I came back 
and I worked on some of the smaller things. I mean, I do a lot of personal stuff too. So like I had my budget for the month that I had to create and that's something that's been good for me. I use an app called YNAB, Y-N-A-B. It means you need a budget and they're like one of the big competitors. There's like Mint and then there's YNAB and there's the Every Dollar app by Dave Ramsey. And I like the Every Dollar app a lot. It's pretty good for personal budgeting and stuff, but YNAB allows you to basically keep your budget throughout every month. So you basically have your bank account set up and kind of constantly running through the app. And so when a transaction happens, it comes through the app and then you can organize all the money in your bank account into separate categories or folders, which is something that I'm honestly surprised more banks don't offer just on their app that you can organize money because it's important. Like I want to save money for a trip I'm going to be taking, or I want to save money for a birthday coming up or something like, and a lot of banking apps don't offer that. And so it's good that they offer that. It's something that is really helpful for me, both with just my individual, mainly with my personal finance, something with my business. I kind of have, I know what I need to do with that. And I'm not really breaking things out and I'm going to set this aside for shipping and stuff. I kind of separate money for different things in other ways with that. But, um, you know, it's, it was helpful for me. So I did that. And then one of my buddies was home from, uh, from out of town. So I was able to see him and a couple friends that I haven't seen in a long time from high school, which is good. And then came back and packed up a couple stereo receivers. So I talked about this maybe in June, but I went out to a garage sale and, I think I actually put it on my Instagram story. If you're not following me on Instagram, definitely follow me on there. I try and put out as much content as I can to help you guys out. And if there's anything you ever need, just hit me up and, and DM me. I'd, I'd love to reach out and give you a as much help as I can. But I put it on my story about how I found all this audio equipment and these people wanted $25 for it. And just if you see working audio equipment that's older, that's vintage, that is something you immediately scoop up that is if it's priced accordingly. So like last summer, I found this Technics. I think Technics was owned by Panasonic at one point. I don't know if they were always a Panasonic brand or not, but Technics is a brand that I look for and they made some decent stuff. It's not always like the most, it's not the best, right? But it's pretty good stuff. And so they made a stereo receiver that I picked up last summer and it was the biggest purchase I'd made at a garage sale ever at that time and it was a it may have been the biggest one I made ever because you don't spend that much money on one single item in a garage sale typically but I made a purchase of the stereo receiver for about 70 bucks then I brought it home and I listed it for 250 because that's a little bit higher than the market for it but it's pretty close somebody probably I don't know I think it was the Super Bowl weekend so in February so you know, six months go by five, six months and I get an offer for 225 for this thing. So and that's shipping also being paid on top of that by the buyer. So that was a, that was a steal for me. I hammered that pretty hard, got that shipped out. And I've been on the lookout for that kind of stuff whenever I do garage sales, which are kind of few and far between now because I'm usually too busy sourcing other items and there just haven't been too many with this kind of a summer we've had. And so for me, I, went to a garage sale in June. I saw five pieces of audio equipment. They were just big. I think of like a stereo system that maybe your parents had or grandparents had in their house that you would you would almost just like walk up to like, they'd keep it in like a big cabinet. You press the play button and it would play out like these big box speakers. Well, this person had five individual pieces of that. I'm not even sure what they all did. And then, so there was like 
two receivers. There was, I think one was like a, a disc, like they had, it was like a five disc CD changer. There was a receiver. There was a couple other pieces of, of like, they almost looked like a, a big DVD player, but they weren't. Um, and they, I think one of them was like some sort of a radio and one of them was something else. And then on top of that, there was a record player that was like a more, this was a newer record player. It wasn't like one of those big ones that had like the weird sousaphone looking thing coming out the top. It was just like a record player that you'd plug into different, like a different set of speakers and then a set of speakers. And they had it for 25 bucks. I ended up getting it for 15 for everything. And I brought it home and I was ecstatic. And then I realized I'd have to list everything and test everything. So I just listed it all. I It was already plugged in. I figured, hey, what are the chances it broke? I plugged it all in. I wrote in the listing, hey, this has only been tested to see if it powers on. Much past that, I don't know what to say. And then I listed it. And I sold last week the record player for 80 bucks plus shipping. So the person paid the shipping on top. And then I sold two of the pieces. People were selling them in sets of two. I sold two of the pieces together for 150 bucks today plus shipping. And that's just that's just a steal. I mean, you're taking fifteen dollars. I made I think I put on my store it was sixty dollars for the record player. I that was a sale that I'd made on it previously and, and didn't end up going through. But I um I just had a really, really good sales day with those because I've already made two hundred and what is that? One forty and eighty is two twenty. So I, I've made two hundred and twenty bucks minus the fees. So okay, take out ten percent for eBay, take out three percent for PayPal. I've really made almost almost two hundred bucks on that stuff. And I still have three pieces two I have two pieces left plus the speakers that they threw in. So you you really can't beat those kind of deals that you find. And oh, hold on, give me a quick second. I gotta take this call. Hey guys, I'm back. So yeah, like I was saying, it's it's really, the returns you can get on a garage sale are just absolutely incredible, and that's something that I am, I, I'm always excited when I can find stuff like that at a garage sale. You can usually get it at a really good deal, you make a good amount of money on it, and those vintage audio equipment pieces really do well for me. And so, I sold those, I got those packaged up, and then I got some... What else did I do? I got some other things packed up for the day. Uh, I made 11 cents on one item. I put that on my Instagram uh, post today. But yeah, I, I did pretty well altogether. So it was a pretty good day for me. And then I went and did some Instagram stuff and got a couple other things. I made some labels and stuff. And then I've just been doing Instagram and, and working on this for a little bit. So it's been a pretty good day. Super solid. Like I said, I didn't list a ton. I really wanted to get to that, but just kind of life got in the way a little bit and I'm going to be pushing that pretty hard over the remainder of the week to get some sales pumping through my store so that way whenever I'm I'm gone on Friday and Saturday I can still have some sales going and stuff. So that's really what I'm working on but there is something that I've been thinking about a little bit and it goes back to one of the sales I made today. So I was sitting, I was chilling at one of my buddy's houses when I was talking to them and just hanging out and my phone dings and I get an offer for a pair of LeBrons that I bought last week. And I don't know if you paid attention to my podcast or not then, but I basically, I bought, I think eight or nine pairs of LeBrons on the Nike sneakers app that were releasing because I looked at, I did my research. I looked at all the comps and they seemed pretty good. I felt like I could make a good amount on them and I figured they were probably going to sell out. They never sold out, so every purchase that I put through, 
on the app went through. And so I had, I think I had eight people go for me and I ended up getting eight, eight pairs of shoes. And they all ended up bricking, which in sneaker terms means that they didn't do very well resale wise because they didn't sell out and not that many people wanted them. But the red size, the red colorway that I went after in the sizes I went after did sell out. And likewise, the blue colorway in the sizes I went after did sell out. It just, the whole shoe didn't sell out. So there wasn't that much demand for it anyways. And so I was right, kind of, but I still didn't make that much money. And so finally, I got an offer today. I was going to probably make like 25, 30 bucks on the pair. Immediately smashed the button on that. And it kind of takes me back to something that I was thinking about where a lot of times we go out, we source items that we can return. That's something I push because it's it's virtually risk-free and you're really able to learn a lot that way. But a lot of times we go out, we source them and then we, we kind of give up on them too easily. Like I have the option, whenever you make a Nike purchase, you have an option to cancel within the first 30 minutes of the purchase. I could have canceled all those orders and been fine. But I figured let's at least try and ship them to my house. I have a couple of days coming uh, where I can just let them sit there and see if somebody makes me an offer. And lo and behold, I've gotten a few offers on them and they're not too bad. I've, I've turned down a couple of them because I would have made like 10 bucks. 10 bucks is better than nothing, but 10 bucks isn't enough to make me have somebody put my put my store at risk of having a return or something. But 30 bucks is because shipping's not that expensive sometimes. And so they ended up paying the shipping too, which is the other nice thing. I usually don't have people pay shipping for shoes, but I left the shipping on for these. I should probably go take it off, but I wasn't paying attention when I was creating my listings. I made them all real fast and I didn't turn on free shipping for them. And so they paid the shipping, they paid the price for the shoes and it was like a win-win for me. And had I canceled all those orders, I'd be $40 short. Now, like I said, I spent a lot of money on those LeBrons, but I'm going to return most of them anyways. So it's that fine line that you walk between how comfortable are you with having a lot of inventory you know you need to return, how diligent are you with making sure you know that that stuff needs returned and what date it needs returned by, and you know, putting yourself out there a little bit, realizing, hey, I bought this stuff, I may have made a mistake, but some of it may still sell and even if it doesn't sell for a huge profit let's at least get something for it and and I've done that tons of times so and uh, when a return date is coming up I will usually drop the price down a little bit just to get a notification out to all the watchers that are doing uh, the watching on the actual item and then just to get more people kind of viewing it and then if somebody makes me an offer or just buys it at full price hey I at least maybe made 10 20 bucks on the shoe or whatever item it was and I don't have to bother returning it to Nike. It's a win-win for me. The buyer got a pretty decent deal for the shoe because it at one point was super, super high price. Now it's back down to basically what retail is and we can move on from it. So that's something that I would encourage you to do. Don't get too discouraged if you make a bunch of bad buys on stuff that you can return. You can always return it, but at least leave it listed for a while and see see if you can get a sale on it or so because sometimes you'd be surprised with what people will buy. Other times you'd be surprised what they won't buy, but most of the time I say at least give it a little bit of time to see whether or not you made a good decision rather than just waiting on the first day, uh, seeing that maybe you didn't get a ton of views on the item and then just calling it quits. So that's something I can push you to do. Hopefully that can encourage you out there if you're doing some RA or online arbitrage and hopefully that can teach you a little bit. But that being said, I'm going to go. It's pretty late and I still got to put this thing together. So I'm going to call it a day, but you guys have a good one and I'll talk to you tomorrow with another podcast. Peace.